0: Oh, boy, it's the Motown rundown. It's been a while, folks, true. but we're back. We are back, and we have some exciting news to break that has now been, what, is it two weeks since the since the Pistons had their draft pick, or what? Yeah, we, we have really
1: been off our game in terms Holy of scheduling. We've it, been bad. It is just hard, man, in the summer. We all have weird schedules and stuff, but we're not here to we're make all excuses. we up.
0: Be better, Motown. Be better. Thank you. We well, will- I already did the Tebow thing. I already went. I already went scorched earth on myself personally, but whatever. We're back. The Motown Rundown boys are here, folks. We have all four teams to talk about today, and not only do we have all four teams to talk about, we have all four teams to talk about. Pistons, obviously, it's old news by now, but the NBA draft has come and gone. Cade Cunningham is a Detroit Piston. After all the smoke and mirrors, all the bull schlocka, We have Red Wings to talk about. We have signings. We have players leaving the team. We have a trade that happened almost a month ago that I did not mention when we talked about the draft. We will talk Lions training camp as they – I think they play the Colts tomorrow, right, as we are recording here. I didn't mention – The Bills. Isn't it the Bills? Yes, August, August 12th. It is a Thursday. The Lions kick off their preseason under the Dan Campbell regime tomorrow. And then we will end the show with Tigers. Miggy hitting home run number 499 the other day. We'll get into all that. But first, let's take a step back. Let's take a deep breath. Quick sip of water. Guys, it's been a little bit. How are we doing?
1: Fantastic. But Colin's golfed a lot today, so I kind of want to hear how that went. I didn't golf, I caddied. Oh, you caddied. Okay. Sorry. So, so so huge difference there. So, yes. what
2: yes, very big difference. So, explain to me how that went. It was fun and who'd you I, it's, for? it's my part-time job for my other part-time job any way to any way to keep the lights on Trent any way <laughs> to keep the lights on
1: yeah and then Collins was just sitting at the baseball stadium for probably two hours as this as this game kept Dude, listen
2: to this I go all the way to well I'm in Toledo because I was, I caddy in Toledo too but I'm in Toledo they go okay uh it doesn't look that bad. It looks like it might be a 30-minute weather delay. I go to the bathroom. I get a call from the guy. He's like, yeah, man, game canceled. I'll see you guys later. I'll see you tomorrow. I was <laughs> like, okay. It was literally five minutes. I literally took a pee. Came back. No thank you. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I need – at one point in this podcast, I need to – Give my wisdom of Toledo Mudhens baseball. that well, Just I have do just it. Seen. Do
1: it right now. Just do it right there's now. No,
2: there's not – it's just like I, all these random like triple-A grinders that I like ride for now, like Adeline Rodriguez. Like when Renato Nunez got the call, I was like, hey, uh, Adeline Rodriguez has been like 315 with like 30 bombs. Not 30. I think like 22 actually. How is he not getting the call? It's because he's 28 and I don't think the Tigers have any like investment in him. Which I understand, but I don't know. Like Jacob Robson, love that guy. that Short kind of rates in a minor league. Every time Victor Reyes is there, he legit can't get out. And East South Paredes, nice player. There you Here's go. His, uh, recap. Yeah. Shout out to the Tigers for Paul. Shout out Drew Reyes. Hutchinson. Nice little, uh, I think he's actually going to get a spot start this week for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, also, before we go t- Tigers later, shout-out Derek Hill for cracking his ribs uh, on Akil Badu's yeah, Akil
0: Badu. body. Oh, my right. God. It was like a car accident.
2: Wait, you know, what's the it How? Before, uh, I mean, I'm not – how long is he out? I never really saw that.
1: So, Badu's on the seven-day concussion DL and – IL. IL, excuse me. Come on. Yeah, don't, no, don't want to get canceled here. And then Derek Hill <laughs> is on the 10-day DL.
2: Well,
0: we
1: know what I, it is. I
2: won't call it the IL. I you All
1: right. will never call I, it.
0: We're, we're DL guys.
1: The Irishman. Yeah. It is what it is. It's what it is. Haven't seen it. Don't have time. Bullshit. You got to see it. Three and a half hours long. Rabs, you come on here and you like ask for recommendations on Netflix. And I give you, I don't know, probably the best Netflix original film ever. Don't have time. No time.
0: What? <laughs> the <laughs> what Irishman. The
2: Irishman. Oh, I haven't watched it either.
0: Okay, move on, move on. Well, how are you? How are you, Trent? You, we
1: Tell Jimmy really Hall, how you were? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I had my last day with the kids today. I not gonna lie, I'm gonna miss them. It was tough saying goodbye to some of them. So Teachers. that was. Did you cry? No, no, no. No one Did really cry? cried. No was, one cried. No. But, you know, it's like it's like summer camp for these kids. So they're not really looking forward to going back to school and stuff. So, they, you know, it was tough. But we hey, hey, this is actually I'm glad you brought that up, Rabs, because I did want to tell you today we took a field trip to the movie theater to see Space Jam with the kids. So oh I saw God. I saw Space Jam. I saw it. <laughs> How bad was it? I thought it was fine. Like I was. Oh, listen, Trent. listen. My expectations were so low because Rabs, who loves LeBron James, told me it was the worst movie he's ever seen. So my expectations were low, to be fair. If I had gone in there on, like, opening night and I was expecting, like, a great movie with lots of laughs, I I will say this, Daffy Duck is probably the funniest cartoon character of all, like, he kills me every time he talks.
0: I mean, awful. He's take. he's fun. Yeah, he's funny. But you're out. Uh, you're out of your mind. You're I mean, a mess. Five guys who are funnier, oh, not counting SpongeBob. SpongeBob doesn't mm-hmm. count. Not counting How the show, SpongeBob. Character. I don't know. Oh. Peter Griffin's a cartoon character. Eric Cartman. Randy Marsh. Yeah, but those are that's like a I'm Stark.
1: talking about just like being funny, like Goofy as a kid, like cartoon, like Daffy Duck, Monopoly. I don't know. Are dude. you
2: saying out of like all the Looney Tunes?
1: No, I'm just saying, out of cartoon characters on like shows that kids watch, not so like not Family Guy. I guess that I should have clarified. It's kind of a hack, but like, yeah, whatever.
2: I you do, don't have to go down I, this rabbit. I could make a case for Sheen or Carl from Jimmy Neutron. Okay. Sheen. That's fair. You kind
0: of look like Sheen, Collins.
2: That <laughs> was insulting, and I don't appreciate that. Collins,
0: you're giving us Sheen vibes right now. Yeah, you kind of look like Sheen.
2: I look like Sheen? What the, What does that mean? All
0: right, we'll move on. Um, Okay, we do have a lot to get to today, as promised. The first thing that we will talk about, we got into this, obviously, in our last episode. I think we were the night before uh, the NBA draft is when we released. But despite all the smoke and mirrors, beside or despite all the talk of, we're not committed to Cade Cunningham at one. We're willing to trade the pick, yada, yada, yada. Cade Cunningham as a Detroit Piston. Uh, I guess before we get into the rest of the draft picks, we can talk about reactions. I mean, I to me, like, I, I honestly, I kind of be- believe, like, they might not be taking Cade. It, to, I, I think they were committed to him all along. I really do. I think that it was probably a, a – you have to listen to all offers, right? So – yeah. I get that, but it's like, it is, at a certain point, you know, I think Troy Weaver was kind of pressing a bit when he comes out in the media and is like, you guys have all, you guys have all picked Cade for us. We haven't picked him yet. It's like, okay, dude. So you're clearly taking Cade number one, but exciting, a- a- exciting because that's a pick as we've said on the show many times, if Cade Cunningham stinks 10 years from now, it is what it is. Like you're not I mean, hindsight's 2020 he was for all intents and purposes the consensus number one consensus number one overall pick he wants to be here I think he looked great on draft night all Pistons fans are fired up so awesome
1: yeah I completely agree I will say this Jalen Green is probably going to be my least favorite NBA player for the next 15 years that guy is so annoying Collins back I know you'll agree with me on this listen he, he's he's already subliminally like taking shots at the Pistons in every fucking interview he does, whether it's post game, halftime, right after being drafted. It's like, dude, you're just not better than Cade. You're a better scorer, but Cade Cunningham is far and away a better all around player. I'm talking about like facilitating the offense, playing defense uh he's even a better shooter from three the numbers back it up every stage of their career he's been a better three-point shooter but you wouldn't think that because Jalen Green just shoots more of them it, 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 it kind of reminds me of a LeBron and Melo situation and like when they both came out and it's like oh you know they're both really good one's more of a score one's more of an all-around player and plays a little harder on defense you know like one's team wins games one's doesn't really win games so that's that on that I, I don't know I Shout-out Melo, by the way. He's going to win a ring this year now that he joined LeBron. But um, And Russ. Shout-out Russ. LeBron, just going to win everyone championships and then right off into the sunset. But super fired up about Cade. Uh, and, and at this point, it's really old news, obviously, as we are now halfway through the summer league. So, I, I, Collins, you can give your input, and then we can touch on the other guys. But I love Cade. Love the Buffs. Love the Motorcade nickname. Also love the Cade Crusader. Not sure which one I like better. But Motorcade. And... and and shout out to Chuck Daly's family for allowing him to wear number two. He looks badass number two. So, Kyle, what do you cool. think?
2: I really like that they let him wear the number two because I, it's first of all, like put Chuck Daly's name in the rafters. He doesn't need a number, it's a very weird thing that they did that for. Like they have a McCloskey thing in the rafters that just says GM. Yeah. Like I, I, it, I don't know. Just put it, like a cool picture of him in a really sick suit, like that he would always wear. Like I feel <laughs> like that. Rich. Would be- Yeah, I know. Seriously, that would be like a better like representation of him other than the number two. But uh, looking at like, I mean, I was I was like choked up almost when they took Cade because I was like, oh, the Pistons are like officially relevant. Like they are officially relevant and they are now relevant. So it was hype. It was cool. And it's like it's very cool for someone who's been a Pistons fan for. A very long time and they've sucked basically and been irrelevant in the NBA for like 10 years for them to now be relevant for me now to like turn on like an NBA national podcast and they're talking about wow I like the Pistons young core like you never really heard that when I had to like watch Josh Smith Andre Drummond and Gredman Roach try and play together great point. Like, yeah know what I mean like it's just it's fun to see for someone who likes the NBA like myself, that their team has actually become relevant, which is pretty sick. So I'm pretty fired up about that. Also, uh, the whole K Jalen green thing. And first of all, and just summer summer league in general, like there, we're going to talk about a lot of guys here, uh, that the Pistons like took or uh, given minutes to in the summer league, I'm going to take everything with a grain of salt because especially things that I see from Kate Cunningham. I do want to see what the jump shot looks like. I do want to see what he's like in the flow of the game, but like to expect this kid or to expect anyone to be like their finished product when they basically just met these guys like two days ago and they're just playing ball. It's, it's glorified pickup. And like the hype that was around that game was really bizarre. And I get it. Like you want to see the first and second pits play each other, but it was, it, it was stupid. And Jalen Green, by the way, I just love when guys who have to like everyone doubted them when they've been number one recruits. Yeah, it's like six years. Exactly. And they, and they were yes. taking number two in the NBA draft. Yes. Thank like, you,
1: Collins. That's what I was trying to get at, I guess. That's why,
2: like I when people would get mad at uh Trevor Lawrence when he's like, I don't really have that much to prove. I already got picked number one. I'm already a riches, like I'm I I I've already taken care of my family, basically. And everyone was like, oh, he doesn't have drive. No, he's just honest. Like, I, I don't need to hear, oh, I'm hungry. No no one believed in me. Okay, Draymond, I've, I've heard that already. You have hundred like ninety million in the bank. I get it. So, I, I don't know. That, that like, runs on tired ears for me. So, but, like, excitement like level for the Pistons is, like, 10 out of 10. Like, if I was, like, in the area and I actually had money, I would get season tickets to the Pistons. I really would. That's a great
1: take. I would too. And and one thing that I want to just quick hit on Collins that you just mentioned is about about like the Pistons now getting national love. I I feel like if they take Green at two or something like if they don't get the number one pick, we're still not hearing nearly as much. Like that's how much the number one pick means to the media. And like you know, people are talking about like Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. You know what I mean? And Frank Jackson and all that stuff. So. You know what? I just think well, I think it's a much bigger deal that they actually got the first pick. So I agree with you. That's like just huge.
2: Well, the thing about like Cade and, and like you saw him have that really nice move against Jalen Green and everyone like it kind of went viral on social media and everyone's like, oh, Cade snatches ankle. That's not his like, like the whole thing. Like, I, I don't what did Green end up with that game, TV?
1: I think he had 24. Well, I think he yeah, had 20 like, or something like that
2: and I saw someone tweet this that you need both a Jalen green and a Cade Cunningham to win a title. And I actually kind of agree with that. Like I really do. They're just completely different players. And I don't understand anyone like who watches basketball would rather have a scoring happy two guard. Who's a little bit undersized or an oversized point guard who's able to distribute offense. And if, if all things go right can be an elite point guard on in a league where point guard play is literally crucial. So I like, that is like the one thing I don't understand. You can make me a case that he might be a better player, but I don't understand why the Pistons wouldn't take a swing on a point guard rather than a scorer who is, while he is crucial in being able to win like a title, you need a guy like Chris Middleton. You need a guy like Kyrie Irving. He's not the main puzzle piece. Why wouldn't you try and take a shot and get the main puzzle piece? That's like my one argument on people who do not like the K. Tony Nam pit, which I I think that is like a 5%. Like everyone in Detroit loved that pick. It was a unanimously loved in the city of Detroit. So,
1: and, and historically, Collins, too, just looking at the Pistons, every great Pistons team has been led by their point guard. Like it's it's Isaiah, yeah. and then it's Chauncey, and then it's even Dave Bing back in the day. And then even recently, the two playoff appearances in the last five years where Reggie Jackson was kind of your best offensive guy. So whatever. That just that that bears mentioning as well. But Rabs.
0: Well, yeah, let's let's go into the rest of the draft picks um that the Pistons were able to pick up. They go Isaiah Livers from Michigan. I it was so funny. I was I like in Indianapolis. The catch, by the way. I was in Indianapolis. Um, while the draft was going on, and for my brother's baseball tournament, and immediately Trent called me after the pick. Him and Brock were not happy. For the sake of being a Michigan State fan, I've you know, of course, the knee jerk was like, "F this guy." But Isaiah Livers, like Luca Garza, Luca Garza. We stick with the Big Ten here. Uh, big Center from Iowa. Everyone knows Luca Garza. Who is the other guy? Balsa Copa uh, pizza out of Florida. Sure. State. I'm sure he'll just be yeah, fucking whatever. I Motor City have, Drive.
2: Dude, I- Weirdly, I've also watched way too much college basketball, where I have like tates on all these guys. I kind of like Balza. I kind of do. Where did he play? Florida, Florida State. State. He, he was like there know how they. I mean, have you Florida State basketball is like. A I would have told
0: player. you he played for like the with Lithuanian national team. Well, they didn't so like. They, sweet prep.
2: When he got drafted, I don't think I think they like set his country instead of Florida State. If I'm being correct, like. I could be, like, way off base. I don't think I was watching the draft at that point. But, like, thinking and just, like, okay, reacting to the second-round draft picks since you laid them out. Did you, TB, you actually don't like the Livers pick? No, I don't.
1: I do. Here's what here's what happened. When it initially happened, I was under the influence and of course just need And listen, I'm, I'm huddled. I'm huddled around the Michigan fans love livers. No, like And, and I, I get it. And, and Collins, it was, it was, uh, it was a beeline pick obviously because John Beeline is now on your pit. He's part of the Pistons brass, but I'm sitting there around the Euchre table with my buddy Spencer and my two wonderful brothers. And we are literally saying not Isaiah livers, not Isaiah livers, not Isaiah livers, just because we're state lifers and he, I, I believe he was the one or, Two guy on like the best available the J Billis best of it whatever so we were just kind of seeing the writing on the wall but not wanting it to happen and as soon as they said the name Isaiah we were like fuck and I, that's when I called Rabs because Rabs texted something in the group chat whatever neither here nor there when I slept on it and I and I had a couple of days to think about it, I love the pick because the Pistons just need shooting, and he's a 40% shooter from three, and that's that's literally all he's going to do. I know he can do more than that, but in the NBA, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to. He's just there to shoot, and he's he kind of reminds me of one of those guys, almost like Bryn Forbes on the Bucks this past year, where it's like his his leash is extremely short. Like he's just out there running and shooting. If he misses his first three in a row, he's probably not going to play the rest of the game. So. And for a team that's probably going to be in, you know, I, I I've backed off on the five seed thing. That's just not going to happen, especially after the moves, the bulls made and all that. But I, I for a team in the Pistons who are going to be hovering around maybe the seven to, to 11 uh, range in the East. I, I just don't see the harm in, in taking a flyer on a guy like livers. Cause he's literally just going
2: to run and shoot when he gets healthy. Well, I, the one thing I liked about Isaiah livers is he's just got a big frame and he, that you need – you just, like, if you watch NBA and you watch playoff games, like, you need guys like that. You need bodies like that that you can throw at elite win scores, and you need guys like that who can hit, like, a corner three. I don't think he, Livers has the capability of being the shooter that Bryn Forbes has, but I also think he can, like, defend. Like, I really do think he could defend. I Like, I, I – and – He's a sport, smart player. Yeah. He's just a smart player and a really yeah. coachable dude. Well, what's it called? I was saying this earlier. Michigan fans love him. Like, he is like, like, they, like, more than I ever, like, thought. Because, like, he, I mean, he went to a Final Four. He was on a really good team this year, but he was never really, like, the main guy. But, like, you talk to a Michigan fan, they love livers. Like, yeah. And I,
1: that, that's livers. a good point. Cause you talk to Michigan State fans about, like, Aaron Henry, and some people just, like, can't stand him. So that that's a great well, point.
2: Yeah. I, it was bizarre. Aaron Henry not getting drafted was, like, bizarre to me, but, like, He'll have an opportunity to make the Sixers, I think. So probably worked out for the best for him. But, yeah, I like that. And we talked about this pre-show about Luka Garza, the other second-round pick. We talked about this two weeks ago, that the Pistons – the one thing I would like the Pistons to address is to find a forward who can, like, a backup forward or just a forward who can initiate offense or go get his own. It's not necessarily just, like, a rim-running guy – and for 10 to 12 minutes, I actually think Luka Garza could do that in regular season NBA games. In the playoffs, never. He never will work in the playoffs. Is he just uh, he defensively, he's just such a liability and they'll just put him in pick and roll. But in the regular season for just some regular run, like if you've watched Iowa basketball the last like three years, Luka Garza cares more than like any big man I think I've ever watched play. He well, just he also, yeah, I, I know everyone's ass off.
1: Everyone's talked about it, Collins. That's a good point. He's always the first one back on defense and, and really offense too, getting set yeah, He just, the paint. He just he's just motivated.
2: He tries, and, like, I, and I think like that more than any other game. Like, be you can stick in the NBA if you're like, I'm actually just gonna give it my all for like ten minutes. And I think Garza, do that. Honestly, think he could do that. I'm well, he also he's, he's lost a lot of weight fair. too. He's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. He looks good he's not an impact player, but at like 54, I love that value. Cause I actually do think he could help you off the bench. I really do.
1: Lowest, lowest, uh, wooden award winner to be drafted or something like that. Like it's the lowest that a wooden award winner was ever drafted. I said that. So ass backwards, but you understand what I'm saying? I think it was yeah. a bit of a steal the other night against the Rockets, 15 points in 15 minutes. He just brings energy and he's slimming down, which means he's probably going to, I, that's that can't hurt you, you know, as far as the NBA goes, fast pace and everything. But Ravs, what were your thoughts on Luca?
0: Um, I, I like it from a standpoint of I think that especially when you get rid of Plumlee, I mean, I, and I get the basketball is relatively positionless now, but I just think Luca Garza brings a lot of a lot of intangible things, like you guys said, like his work ethic. Um, it seems like he's a decent enough guy because he was a, a leader of that Iowa team, um, and I, I think that you know. N- do I see Luca Garza being some impact player for the Pistons? Probably not. But as you guys said, you know, that's a guy that I'm comfortable. You throw him on the floor. You know, you're going to get his best, you know, defensively, he's going to be a challenge because of his body and not that, I mean, now you're in the NBA, right? So everyone's a a monster, but I I think as far as the livers pick, I'm not going to sit here and, tell you the guy whose name that I couldn't pronounce, I even know anything about him. So good for him, I suppose. But I think Isaiah levers and just from watching him play and I'm watching so much big 10 basketball. Like I think he's, he can ball. Like I, I hated Isaiah levers for the sake of, I just knew the damage that he could do with the ball. I think on the ball, he's, he's pretty talented.
2: Sorry. Well, no, I know, but as, I, know, you made so the I point, know from a Michigan State fan who just watched him be terrible those games. Well,
0: Sorry, you no. made, yeah, you made the point that he he's never really been the star of that team. I would actually say this last year, like it was the Isaiah Liver show almost until he got hurt. So, I mean, I guess you have Franz Wagner too. I, how he went in the top 10 is beyond me. Yeah, that know. has boss written all over it, but whatever. What but
2: you, how do you know in to the top 10? He's a bit. He's a guy who's 6'8", yeah, athletic, really good defender who can shoot. None, none
1: of his highlights really I haven't, seen, we, enough. Like, like, I haven't seen enough. None
2: of his highlights. The best Project. football defender in the well, – Project.
0: Whatever. whatever. I digress. No, you're I, you're I saying I,
2: that because he's white and he went to Michigan and he's a European. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> why you're saying that. Project.
0: No, I, I just think, look, the totality of what the Pistons have done. I think the most important thing that's come from this is the fan base now has energy. Like I, there's something even, even, you know, aside from basketball, like the fact that you get Cade Cunningham, number one, overall, it could have been anyone number one overall, but that's your first overall pick. I think Cade brings some swag. That's awesome. But to get livers who like played in Michigan or played at Michigan to get Garza, who everyone in the state of Michigan knows who Luca Garza is. And then, you know, your other guy, whatever. I hate the rag on him. I hope he, I hope he succeeds in spite well, of me. Look, knowing he
1: leaders. He's on the bubble of like, maybe making, he'll like, he might get some time on the team this year. I, I wrote out like the roster and kind of what my depth chart would be. And he's like 16, 17 and 15 guys make the cut, obviously. So I, he's got a shot. It's not like it's out of the question. Cause Collins, you're right. He's just kind of like a big scorer essentially. And he's smart and he knows what he's doing. So I don't know, dude. I, I guess my my There's last years. thing on the Pistons before we move on, unless you guys have any thoughts. Not I think anything. I think Troy Weaver absolutely killed it. I mean, because he doubled down by by trading Mason Plumlee and basically opening up all those minutes for Isaiah Stewart. Maybe play Jeremy Grant at the five a little bit. They talked about that. Now that you got Cade, and Cade can play one through three, and maybe even like four that. if your life depended on it.
2: I don't know how they play Jeremy Grant at the five just from a logistical standpoint. I know he's always darted bigger guys, but I, I mean, I can't buy into that. Probably just but like Plumley, a closing lineup if they had to. You we know? haven't talked about the Plumlee trade. i The one thing I like about Weaver is like, yes, he has a quick trigger. Yes, he'll be aggressive. But like, I think that shows he's like, okay, I made a mistake in this Plumlee trade. Like I'm paying him too much. And, like, guess what? Like, we're going to get off a early second-round pick because I'm willing to make – like, I'm not willing to be like, this is working. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's and not going to be Bob
1: Quinn. Him. He's, he's and, not going like, to be Bob he's... Quinn and keep driving his head into the brick wall. He's going to stick his hand up and say this was dumb for paying this guy $8 million a year to just be a yeah. out there when I got a spry 19-year-old center jumping out of the gym in Isaiah Stewart. But, yeah.
2: I agree. I that's the one thing I really liked about that move. Um, last thing I want to say I about Summer League, just in general. Are you guys still on the Say like train? I think it like I, I, I I'm afraid to say this. Seiku's a bust. I'm sorry. It's over. It's over. You know what? I, 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 I want that out in the open. I want to be the first person to say that. I hope my buddies who give me all these Say to stock is listening to this podcast. I doubt they are. <laughs> But, like, guess what? Seiku sucks. He's a bust. His I wouldn't say never. that. Look, I, I, Collins, I, I, I'm, I'm closer. It's I'm... clear that he does not. It is what it, He's not a bust. I, I hate calling anyone a bust. That's what. He's probably he's going to roll on about, like, $20 million before. He's, like, 25, which is a pretty successful human being. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's going to work, at least with Detroit. His body's not there still. His, well, his year three and his body is still not NBA ready.
1: Did you hear his comments when they asked him about? He's the longest tenured piston now. I don't know if you guys knew yeah. that, which is that's fucking crazy. And it, it's a beautiful, it, it's a beautiful thing though. It's a beautiful thing. We have a twenty-year-old who is our longest tenured piston because we have a new regime in here who knows what the hell they're doing finally. But, um, Collins, if the two, if the two options here are he's a bust and he could maybe figure it out. I'm actually closer to the side with you of like, he's a bus. I just don't think it's going to work out, but I, I will say this at all. With him. I, I, I saw it in that first preseason game. I really did. Or that first summer league game. He, he looked great defensively and then just raw on offense. And it's been that way for three years. So I get it. If people are frustrated, my one, I guess m- motivation here and, and and me believing that maybe he can get get it back on track is Dwayne Casey just loves him every time Dwayne Casey talks about him he raves about him So I have to imagine he's gonna carve out his role and, and maybe get to that point where he's playing like 10-12 minutes a game this year instead of just yeah. DNP every other night like it's so frustrating because if you look at this roster right now and we got to talk about the Olenek signing as well real quick before we move on. But the small forward power forward slot, which is where Seku plays, it's Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Josh Jackson, Kelly O'Linick. Like Seku, I don't really know where he fits in there. And to Collins, to your point, I guess that's where it's like, move it or lose it, pal. Like at, at this point, you got to kind like, of. I don't gets think hurt or something if you're Seku, which is terrible. Obviously, but it's like he, he just doesn't have a role.
2: I think that first year you saw a little confidence, and you're like, oh, I kind of like him. He's a lot more perimeter of a player than I thought he was. And then last year he took a step back. I know he had injuries, but this year, like the body. And I, I literally am overreacting to summer league, which is something I said you shouldn't do, but like, this is a year three guy. You should be dominating in summer league and physically. He's just not there. Offensively. He's just not there. And I think offside, like he, he had five blocks. I think that first summer league game. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of guy, but like, if you're not going to have that jump shot, I, I would like to see the f- other physical tools and other parts of the game kind of go along with it. And he just, I, I don't see any of that. So I'm just saying, I, I'm not, I, I'll be, it's like the, I'm fine with being wrong on state but I I'm out on him. All right. Well, I guess
1: we should just quick talk about the Kelly Linux signing uh, like, like literally real quick. I actually don't love it. Collins. I want to hear your Good. thoughts. on like, why you do. I just why, do
2: you, why does everyone hate it? Can you, give me your explanation.
1: Because I just don't – because I guess at the end of the day, I want more minutes for, like, Josh Jackson or, like or, – or even Sekou if we're going to go that route. Well, he just I, – I just – okay. I guess here's what I see happening, and it's going to piss me off. Kelly Olenek might be, like, in your starting lineup, and he he yes. has no – he shouldn't be. I don't think he should be. The starting lineup...
2: What do you think the starting lineup should be? In my mind... it fits perfectly what they want to do.
1: Okay, but in my mind, it's Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, bar none. That's your starting five. I don't know who you're kicking out. Like, I don't know who you're kicking out of the starting five.
2: I sneaky... I mean, we can talk about this as the season goes on. I sneaky kind of like... I like the idea of Killian coming off the bench. I don't know if they're going to do it, whatever. I I have some... I I don't know. I just kind of like that idea. I doubt they'll ever do that. But I like the idea of Stewart and Olenek playing together and giving the option of Cade to to go high, pick, and roll. And you have a big who can step out and hit the three, and you also have a big who can roll. And I think Olenek is just a perfect guy. You You need guys like Olenek. Like, you really do. Like, he's good. Say what you want about Kelly Olenek, and people are like, oh, they overpaid. Guess what? The cap is about to go way up again.
1: Well, and they got rid of, you know, Plumlee. I'm not so worried about the money. I don't care. I guess everyone
2: was like, they paid him 41000000 million. I'm like, it's nothing. Like, this cap is about to explode in his third year.
1: The only thing for me, though, Collins, and this is my last thought, is just it, it was the length for me. A three-year deal. I mean, we're talking we're talking about a team right now who's, like, young, up-and-coming, might make the playoffs this year. I would – Say definitely we'll make the playoffs next year, whether in in some capacity, and then you you roll from there. So I don't really, I guess it is kind of synced up with the Jeremy Grant situation. So that's kind of nice, I guess. But I like what you said about Hayes potentially coming off the bench. There's, there's, there's like a lot of where this is a lot to sort
2: out. Yeah, and,
1: and, and I guess that's what the preseason's going to be for cuz you're going to get these guys together. But we don't have to go all into it. I guess my bottom line is I just don't want Kelly Olinick like playing 25 minutes a game and starting when you couldn't have like Josh Jackson or Seku out there getting some run. Uh and, and I don't know. That that's my only concern really. I, he is a nice yeah, player and, and you're exactly right. Dude. Well,
2: like, we're going to have these conversations all year. Yep. I just I like the Olinick deal because I think Like I said earlier, I would like a big who can not initiate offense, but a big who's a solid passer, who's confident around the rim, but can also step out and hit a jump shot. Like, he's Kelly Olenek is a decent three-point shooter and sneaky tough. So, I don't know. I like the move.
0: All right. We will now move on from the Pistons talk, if you're still with us. I feel like we talked about the Pistons for 45 minutes. Long overdue, though. Long overdue. Yeah, so I suppose. I suppose you're correct. Um, also long overdue for my hockey people out there. It's time let's for go! To it's time for Rabs to cook. The Detroit Red Wing. First of all, let's back up. This NHL offseason has been absolutely out of control. The trades, the free agent signings, the drama with things like Jack Eichel. You see Philip Grubauer leaves uh, leaves the abs, Do goes really to the
2: Kraken. Philip Grubauer as, like, the...
0: Well, it's China? just one of the... It's, it was news. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury gets stabbed in the back. He gets shipped off to Chicago. First, he's not playing. Now he's playing. But this is the Motown rundown, so I will keep it all things red wings. That rhymed a bit. Thanks for coming. Um, So let's back up. I know we talked about the expansion draft and losing Dennis Chalowski. We talked about the NHL entry draft on last week's episode, what we did not talk about, which happened before the entry draft, which is 100% on me because I was so amped up with, with the entry draft and whatnot. But Steve Iserman does what Steve Iserman does Jonathan Bernier and a third round pick to the Carolina avalanche for Alex and Now, if you don't know who Alex and is, he's a local kid in the sense that he played for the Plymouth Whalers rest in peace, Plymouth Whalers who are now the Flint firebirds. Um, he does have a house here in Canton in the summers. So it looks like he'll be living here full time. I, I, when this trade went down, cause we've talked at length, right. About like, what are the wings plans and goal for the future? And not only do they go out and get a kid who I think is 24, 25 years old, but they get a guy that's going to come in and make an immediate impact. So Alex Nadelkovich, who I believe finished like third, maybe third or could be as low as fifth in Calder trophy voting gets, gets shipped off, gets shipped off from Carolina for Jonathan Bernier, who didn't even sign in Carolina. So I know that, I, I know that uh, I, from hearing and what I was reading about this whole situation, I believe that Nedeljkovic was offered somewhere in the territory of like $1.75 million. He wanted somewhere north of three. And for whatever reason, Carolina just decided, you know what? Despite how good our team was, we're losing Dougie Hamilton, but we get to bring Rod Brindamore back. We're bringing the band back again because for the last, that feels like handful of years, they've had the same team that's just gotten better and better. And they're so good defensively and they're so tough to play against. They bring back Rod Brindamore, the whole coaching staff comes back. They say, fuck it. Morazic, see you later. Dodelkovich, see you later. And Steve Eiserman was licking his chops. Like, if you guys really want to make this deal. And he even said in his press conference when he was asked, like, how did this deal go down? He was just like, you're going to have to ask Carolina. And from what I've heard in my little pockets of sources if that owner does not like to spend money over there, but to to get a a goalie in Alex Nadelkovich who granted his sample size in his like first full year in the NHL with the big club last year, he only played like maybe 25 to 30 ish games. But I want to say he had a sub two goals against average and his save percentage was like, North of 925 to like 930. And and when Peter Morazic got hurt last year, this kid essentially carried that team all the way through the playoffs. I know he's got like the famous really bad goal where he missed the post when he was pushing across the crease, and I think it was the Tampa series, but he but to to be that young, to to come off of, I mean, he he won a Calder trophy with the Charlotte Checkers and the AHL and throughout the years has just proven himself to be this unbelievably athletic. His compete level is so high. Um, And, and for the, for Carolina just to be like, we're not even going to entertain paying you reasonable money for your services. And, and for the, and to go like the package of Jonathan Bernier, who was an unrestricted free agent. And you see the worst case scenario of Bernier got like 4 million or something in New Jersey, so, I don't know what the hell Carolina's doing, but for Detroit to lose a third round pick on a guy that was third in the Calder voting. And as I said, he's 25. So, If all works out, this is your long-term goalie. And you just go draft Kosa, so you hope that in a couple years he's ready to back up in Or You see a lot of teams now going to this two-goalie system, which is totally fine. But to have Thomas Grice, who his numbers were great last year too for a team that didn't score goals and didn't play very good defense, to have that be your goalie tandem, you're all set. So Steve Eiserman in the blink of an eye, Answers all your questions about what are they doing in goal? Well, here's your goalie tandem for next year, and I'd put him up against a lot of goalie tandems in the league. And if all works out and Alex projects out to what he showed you in his first, like real full season and getting playoff experience too, deep into the playoffs for the most part. I couldn't be happier if you're a Wings fan. I don't know what else you want. Steve Eiserman just works his magic there. So that yeah, I can, I can finally
1: life. stop hounding rabs. I can finally stop hounding rabs on the goalie questions. And yeah, there it is. Quick, I want to yeah. pull one. I want to pull a receipt here because I believe during the NHL playoffs, I had my slap happy idiot. Don't watch hockey take. And I was like, I'm betting on Carolina. I'm, I'm putting yeah. a future on Carolina. And you said, you always said, you didn't like him to win the cup, but you said any team with a, with a goaltender like Nedeljkovic has a chance. So yeah, you have just, always yes. believed in this guy. I have. It, it I, mean, says again, it's
0: true. I watched him play. Like I, I I'm, I, I watched him play when I was, when I was younger, he's a local kid. Um, you know, again, he, I, I watched the guy play in Plymouth over at, where it was Compuera arena at the time. And he's just gotten better and better. And, that's the thing with goalies, man. Like, some guys come in like your Cotta who's, like, 19, 20 years old, and he comes in and lights it up. Spencer Knight, same thing. But most goalies, it takes a couple of years, and and he's he's proven himself at every level that he's played at. So I couldn't be more excited for for him. Um, and I I think that he obviously wants to be here again. He got a house in Canton in the summer. So he doesn't have to move That's very what's far. The, yes. one,
2: the one thing that concerns me but I could be wrong is like you saw the Eisman quote where basically it's like I don't know why Carolina wanted to get rid of him something like that and do, is moras still there no, he signed in uh,
0: Toronto so who's their goalie? they signed anti ranta for a year and they also I, I they essentially flipped goalies with Toronto because they now have Freddie
2: Anderson okay, so I don't love that move, but like uh it's weird of any team to just kind of like – on a, especially like a young guy, just kind of be like, no thanks. Like that's like the one concerning thing. Like you saw that with the Pistons kind of last year where they were basically like, oh, no thanks, Christian Wood. So I, that is a, that's one thing to be concerned about because like those teams know better than anyone, but like at the same time, on face value, it looks like a great move. And it looks like this summer has kind of been like the first summer where you've actually seen Iserman make moves – in his first three years, you know what I mean? Like, so far, it's basically been like, okay, let's wait and see. He, I, it seems like he's done waiting and seeing, and basically has decided that, like, hey, let's start the future. And then that's like two to three years. Yeah. I mean, this
0: is a move to me that, as you said, it's it's a bit aggressive in the sense of, like, I think Steve Eisman believes that Nedeljkovic can be the goalie here for the next decade. That's so that's, you know, a, a piece that, uh, again, best case scenario is here for as I said, a decade and Sebastian Kosa's in that too. And we're rolling. So that happened before the draft. Um, I also I'll rattle off some quick signings here. Uh, The wings bring back Mark stall on a one-year deal. Gustav Lindstrom signs a two-year contract. Um, Kyle Crisciolo, who's like an AHL guy. So no harm, no foul there. Taro Hirose comes back on a one-year deal. Very happy for him. I don't know if he'll be able to crack the big, the, 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 uh, the big club to start the year, but at least he's a depth piece that will get some more time and more uh, professional experience in the AHL. Sam Gagne comes back for a one-year deal. That was a bit surprising to me just because Sam Gagne is getting a bit older. I know he's a great locker room guy. Uh, and I think he's a really good two-way center. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, at, at a certain point, it's like you, you see guys like Stahl and you see guys like Gagne come back. And I totally get the sentiment of like, Hey, you know we're we're trying to get younger here, aren't we? But you got to have some guys that kind of that can keep the locker room together, especially when you lose guys like Darren Helm and you lose a guy like Luke Glendenning. The I I was I was truly upset that the fact that that Glendenning did not resign here. Um, I don't know what the conversations were between. Him and Steve Eiserman. I know Jeff Blashill speaks really, really highly about Luke Glendening. One of the best face-off guys in the league. He plays that sandpaper role on your third, fourth line, which you, which you 100% need. Um, but he goes to Dallas on a two-year deal, I think like $1.5 million a year. So all the best to him. Darren Helm, I don't think there was a chance that he was coming back. I don't know how much hockey Darren Helm, left, Darren Helm has left in him, um, but I believe he went to Colorado, and I'm sure he'll play in that bottom six. As um, a guy that, you know, has experience in the playoffs and, and competing for Stanley Cups. And um, uh, he'll add some value to a young team that's really close to being like, I mean, they're already damn good, but they're close to being that team. Where it's like, all right, this is a Stanley Cup contender for real. Um, so outside those signings that I named, Calvin Picard comes back on a one year deal. Um, he'll be a guy that we'd be floating in the AHL uh, next year. Now we start to get into some signings that, that that actually make some noise. I guess I'll rattle off. Brian Lashoff comes back for one more year. Hayden Verbeek comes back for one more year. Luke Witkowski comes back on a two-year deal. I think that's an awesome signing because whether he's playing in the NHL or he's playing in the AHL, there's young guys to protect. Luke Witkowski can be the guy. He's an absolute nail but gun. Wrong, I love dude. him,
2: dude. I, I the last couple of weeks, Ravs, I've just realized how big of a Redwood psycho you are. when <laughs> you're like, no, what, Luke Witkowski? You want to move? No, I just like it.
0: Cause he comes, like I said, he comes back. If you want him, if you want to pencil him in the lineup to take care of some business on any given night in the NHL. Sure. But I think he probably understands his role. I was like, look, we're going to have guys like Raymond coming up and insider and, and, and Valeno and Virgin. if he plays this year and you need someone to protect them. So not many guys are going to mess with your young guys. If Luke Bukowski's on the ice, Dan Renouf comes back on a one-year deal. Um, and outside of that, okay, chase, chase Pearson, last one, one year deal. Those are your AHL guys. Now we talking to some guys that are going to make an impact here. Um, Jordan Osherley comes over two years, $2.7 million contract. He was in Arizona last year. His numbers won't jump out at you, but the reason why I say it's like a relatively like decent signing, because he's going to add some depth to your blue line. He's a local kid too. I believe he's from like Dearborn Heights. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a bell tire kid. He played at Western Michigan i um, not going to jump out at you on the, on the score sheet again, one goal and 10 assists in 43 games last year with a minus 10 uh, plus minus rating. So um, just a piece to add depth to the blue line. Um, I guess I'll throw in Ryan Murphy there too on a one-year deal. He'll, he'll add some depth as well. I, I'm sure he'll get more AHL time than NHL time. Um, and now we'll talk about the, the biggest signing as far as going out and getting free agents, Pew Suter. Two years, $6.5 million contract. He comes over from Chicago. He was a restricted free agent. Chicago decided not to extend or, or give him a qualifying offer. I really couldn't tell you why. I mean, if you remember the name Pew Suter, it's because I believe in his first game against the Red Wings, he had a hat trick. Um, he comes over as a centerman. He's 25 years old. He's listed at 5'11". I think he's smaller than that, um, but I do think he plays a bit bigger than his than his size would lead you on. Um, last year with Chicago as a rookie, 14 goals, 13 assists in 55 games. But Steve Eiserman, when, when he was asked, because, you know, Suter can also play the wing, um, Iserman listed off some unbelievable qualities that he has as far as his speed, his quickness. Um, he plays with some jam as well, which is, you know, a, a huge piece for a centerman to have that uh, that two-way awareness. So, I don't know if he'll be a top six center, but the intention is, is what it sounds like from Steve Eiserman is he's going to play center on this team. So you'll, you'll probably see Vlad Nemesnikov move to the wing full time. I have to imagine Robbie Fabry will be your center on the second line. Um, so I absolutely love the signing as a, as a young guy who towards the end of his career playing in the, in the tier one Swiss league, Uh, the tier one Swiss pro league was almost a point per game guy. I mean, the 1920 season, 53 points in 50 games. Um, And then the year after that too, he split time between, between the two different Swiss leagues before coming over um, and playing for the Blackhawks after his loan was up. So, um, I think that's a great signing for the wings there just to shore up some depth. And I think that Pew Suter is a guy that, you know, you kind of look at how the Pistons started to do things. If you give guys like a Josh Jackson a couple of years to, to prove himself and it's no harm, no foul if it doesn't work out. And I think the Pew Suter can actually can play some big minutes here and in, in Detroit and, and hopefully produce a bit more on the score sheet. We'll keep moving on here. Um, I guess the next signing we have to talk about would be guys that are coming back to the team. Uh, no surprise here. These were deals that had to get done. Tyler Bertuzzi comes back on a two year, $9.5 million contract. Um, four-point-seven-five million mil a year. Uh, I, I guess for people that probably don't watch the wings might be scratching their head a bit, but I love the way that Tyler Bertuzzi plays. You didn't, I that, thought
2: that was a lot for a guy who hasn't stayed healthy. Well, yeah, and
0: that's, I I would, I would not disagree with that Collins, because as you said, he, he missed a good chunk of time last year and he definitely got a, you know, a pretty sweet pay increase for a guy that didn't get to show you a whole lot. But the thing with Tyler Bertuzzi is, is, is his game on the surface is not this like goal scorer, like playmaker type guy. He's, he's more of a power forward two two way forward presence that obviously, again, you want to talk about guys that are just to just play with some grit and they play angry and they're tough guys. Tyler Bertuzzi is that guy. But when you see, when he plays on lines with Larkin, like he gets on the score sheet, he can move the puck. He can also score the hockey puck too, which is awesome. And I, I think that, This is probably a contract for Tyler Bertuzzi where you go ahead and say, all right, man, like, as you said, Collins, a big part of it, staying healthy. So go ahead and do what you got to do. I thought it was an absolute no brainer to bring him back. I know other teams were interested in him. I'm sure that Steve Eiserman fielded some phone calls for Tyler Bertuzzi, but Bertuzzi has become a staple of this lineup. He's a part of the core. I would like to see him be here for, for years to come. But as you said, it's all about staying healthy. If he can produce, I, then I think that he has a, a, a completely fine role on the on on being on a top two line.
2: You know, like no, you, I, you yeah. Look yeah, at, I don't, I don't disagree. Ahead. I like him. I like him. I'm just saying, I it f- four point five felt like a lot. Yeah,
0: and I, I it's I mean four point seven five actually to be to be exact. Sorry. But but uh, no, but uh, you, you bring up a good point. So it'll be it'll be two more it years for Tyler Bertuzzi as far as what he can produce on the score sheet. And, you know, I'd say worst case scenario for Tyler Bertuzzi, he's a, he's a fine middle six player. I mean, that's like on any team, he really is. I think there's a lot of teams around the league that would kill to have a guy like that, that not only can play with, with some jam, but he, he he can produce like you've seen it on the score sheet. So it's about staying healthy. Um, And then Jacob Verona comes back three years, 15.75 million dollars. They avoid arbitration. Um, That can obviously always be a sloppy process. Um, So it's good that they avoided that. I think the report was that the wings were somewhere in the ballpark of three and a half million. And Verona's camp was, I think as high as 5.75. So you compromise a bit around 5.25. And I think for what you gave up for for Verona, you have to keep him here because, you know, to, to go off and trade mantha and not re-sign the guy you got for him, I think would be absolutely criminal. I know it was part of the plan all along to bring him back. So, to reach an agreement and to avoid arbitration is awesome. And the bottom line for me is this, at 5.25 mil, I mean, Jacob Vrana has shown you that he can put the puck in the net. And at a certain point, while he's not the greatest defensively, and Anthony Manta wasn't either, but I think you've at least seen a better aspect of a two-way game from Jacob Vrana. And you've seen his goal-scoring ability. And that's a guy who, as I said, when the trade was made, just kind of got buried over there in Washington, as far as being a guy who's playing with your Ovechkins and your backstroms and your TJ Oshie. So to finally give him an opportunity, not that he wasn't getting it last year when he came over, but he's going to be on your top line this year. And if he's not on your top line, he's online too. So, um, those are the two, the two big signings uh, as far as Suter and, in and, and Verona of guys that are coming in that, that you're, that are going to make an impact. Um, Bertuzzi obviously comes back. They still have to get Philip pronick signed, who is a restricted free agent. And that deal will get done. I'm very curious to see what, what his term and his money is because you look at some of the defensive signings so far in the NHL, this off season, guys have been getting paid and not necessarily guys that light up the score sheet either. I mean, you look at guys like Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton um, that are that are making north of nine million dollars. And a lot of people are scratching their heads with some of those signings of like, you know, Darnell Nurse gets a bag too, Zach Wierenski. And I shouldn't say, guys, that I should I take that back as far as guys that aren't as offensively productive. You see Adam Pelican in, in New York. He gets eight years for like 5.75 or maybe 5.5, 5.25. But Islanders fans were, t- were were happy as could be with that money given what other guys were getting and what the market was set like for, for defensemen. Adam Pellick, well, he's a guy that's not going to light up the score sheet. And you see, you see that's kind of the market of guys who – you know, hey, his upside is, is his defensive game. And, and in today's NHL, you see defensemen jumping into play a lot more. You're looking for defensemen that are good skaters that can contribute offensively. So with what everyone's getting paid, I honestly don't even have a good feel for you as to what Heronix money will be. But he will be back here with the wings. Um, the final thing to talk about, uh, Eiserman goes back to the, well, he gets Mitchell Stevens from Tampa Bay for a 2022 sixth round pick, just adding depth center depth. Mitchell Stevenson is another guy who just gets buried in, a, in an organization over there in Tampa Bay, where they're just so good. They've been so stacked for so long. This guy is fast as the wind. Mitchell Stevens, Mitchell Stevens. I'm sorry. If I said Stevenson, um, Mitchell Stevens, he's not going to blow you away as far as his offensive production. I mean, you look at some of his numbers, like, the 1920 season is where he got his, his biggest run in the NHL. 38 games, only three goals, three assists. But I think he has tremendous offensive upside. Like again, speed-wise, his top-end speed, he's he's faster than he than he probably you'd probably expect from him. And I think he's a threat with some great hands. He's got great hands. I think he moves the puck well. He's definitely an offensive threat, but you know, you got to put the puck in the net, you got to produce. But again, you, you look at a guy like him who was playing. God, I would even say, you know, bottom six to just straight up fourth line minutes when he would get his chance in Tampa. So I don't know what the plan is for him. If that's a guy you want to move into your fourth line center role here, um, or if the plan is to move him to the wing, I think he is a true center as it is at six foot, almost 200 pounds. So, um, all in all, I guess to wrap this all up. And that's the one thing with wings talk is I just, obviously I just ramble on and on and on and read off all these signings, but I think I would, you know, it's something that you got to do, but I think this roster has improved every single year and you have to take into account, you get another year of Phillips Zadina. You're probably going to see Lucas Raymond right off the hop here. You're going to see Mo cider, hopefully right off the hop here. So a lot of this is just adding depth. You bring stall back. I know a lot of people were like, what the hell is that all about? But you know, Mark Stall probably understands like, look, I'm going to make a cool $2 million. My family's already moved here and I'm, I'll probably be healthy scratched at, at, at some point throughout this year, but it is what it is. Um, and you even hear Mo Sider talk about how guys like Mark Stahl help him a lot as far as his development. So I really couldn't be happier with the offseason so far. There's nothing that Steve Eiserman has done that I that I scratch my head at. And maybe that's a that's like a logical fallacy to fall into, because at a certain point you got to stop the honeymoon phase and you have to you know look at look at moves for what they are. But I, I truly could not have been happier. And I think, Trent, as you said, you ask the question all the time. I think solving that goaltender question where you're going to have Grice for another year, you probably won't see him beyond this year, but you're going to have Grice. You're going to have Nedeljkovic. I think that you have made a huge improvement in the net with getting Alex Nedeljkovic. You're going to get to see some of these guys next year like your Villain. I, I'm just excited. I'm excited for training camp to get underway. I'm excited to see what the roster is night one. Um, and we can go from there because there are going to be a lot of guys coming up and down next year. And you're going to get to see these guys that you've been waiting to see, your Siders, your Ramons, um, your Valenos, as I, as I just said. So it's awesome. And, and, and the biggest thing, too, to finish here is obviously we talk about all the time how, how cap crunched the wings were as far as these contracts that they just couldn't get off the books. Helm is off the books. This is the last season you're going to get to see Franz Nielsen. I say get to see like it's a privilege to watch him play. He has not been good, and he makes too much money. We all get that at 37 years old, but he's off the books. Um, and, and then you have a lot of question marks that you, that you have to answer uh, come this next year in the offseason. for example, Robbie Fabry, do you plan on bringing him back? Nemesnikov, do you plan on bringing him back? You'll have to re-sign Phillips Zadina, Um, and Adam Ernie is still another guy who you have not signed, who is a restricted free agent. So it's all good folks. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and this is one of those things where you see like the Tigers and you're like, all right, we got all these guys with the Tigers. Who's playing where? Where are the minutes going? And that's like where we're at now with the Red Wings. Where are the minutes going? Who's going to step up? You're going to have a lot of guys that are going to get to see a lot more ice than they would with previous teams. Um, and, and and everyone's going to try to find their role here on this team. And I think it's going to be a really awesome year to watch Red Wings hockey. That's all I got before I pass out because I'm out of breath. Good stuff, Rabs. That was very good. Thank you. I just ramble when it comes to the wings. Like i just trying to read oh, things good. off and it's rack my brain, want. rack my brain for all the hockey that I watched during the year of of what I can dissect from these guys and their skill sets. So, all good stuff. Any questions, comments, concerns on the Red Wings?
1: Go Wings! LGRW.
0: Still
2: on sure, but okay. Yeah, Collins about that. I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> Collins coming in with the pessimistic hot take and a
0: mouthful I'm of understand. food. Yeah. There, that,
2: I, I don't disagree with anything that Rav says i think they'll be better and rev definitely has a deeper knowledge of wins hockey than me i'm not even gonna like debate that i'm just saying like you can't convince me that they have any like difference difference makers on this roster maybe most cider next year becomes one of that hopefully he is but i'm just saying i don't know i don't see that in the future just yet for this ones until they get one of those guys who's like okay, this guy's a point of game guy and actually makes a difference on winning. So that's just my take.
0: No, that's, that's fair. And I think, you know, you look at the way that Steve Eiserman's team is modeled uh, in, in Tampa Bay and, you know, the wings don't have a Kucherov. They don't have a Stamkos. They don't have a Braden point. They don't have a Victor Hedman. They don't have a Sergeyev. Um, But I do think that's where you see a guy like Pew Suter come over and, you know, maybe, maybe that's a guy that if you give him a crack and can really step up and, and solidify himself as like a, as a top six NHL center. So there, it's still the process of feeling some guys out, and I think the time will come where, like you said, Collins, you go out and you go spend some money in free agency, spend some big money, or you move some prospects uh, and, and, and go get a, a real player that can step in and make an impact right away. But um, I, I, I I'm excited, bottom line. Um, we'll go into the Lions now. The Lions, as we're talking here on Thursday, August 12th, have their first preseason game at home uh, against the Colts tomorrow. Um, obviously, the Dan Bills. Campbell. is it the Bills raps. It, is it? You're right. It's the Bills because I said the Colts because Uncle Steve is coming in and the Colts are in town when Uncle Steve's in, but he'd rather go to the right. Tigers is it game it and don't blame him.
2: That they play the Bills every year
0: in preseason?
2: Yeah, I think it's I, I don't I'm, I don't know how that
1: works, but I feel like they do every year. So, yeah, that could be a thing. OK, who knows? But uh, the Lions, observation Collins, the golden Lions observation,
0: their preseason play. Um, Dan Campbell has been all in the news because Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell. I honestly kind of love it. Like the Lions love don't it. really get any notoriety as it is because they're the Lions. So. To, and we've talked about this before, but like Dan Campbell comes in and, and he just brings the energy and he brings the passion he gives you sound bites and he's a respectful guy. And, you know, you hear him talking to the, to the lions fans about like you guys like bring like you're the gasoline to light this fire and make this fire grow of what we're doing. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk and, and we'll see it. Not that anyone has that high of expectations this year, but, at least it What's seems it like morale is high, and I think the coaching staff is all on the same page. And you know, you, again, you just you just look at the coaching staff of how many guys have NFL experience, and it just there, there's a lot to be excited about. So, Trent, I'm sure you have an angle that you want to take this, but I figured we would mention Lions football because it is back.
2: What's it called before TV? Those when you are mentioning Campbell, Campbell literally is a Lions fan. If that makes any sense, yeah, yeah, He is, like, a guy who, like, stood out of the Silverdome for, like, four hours in 1992. Hey, hey, here's here's that story till this day. He's a guy who goes to Green Town and bets a little bit too much on roulette before he goes to Ford Field. Like, Dan Campbell is a Lions fan, but he is also the Lions head coach.
1: Yep. The the Green Bay Packers have their fans as their owners, which is fucking psychotic, and the Detroit Lions have their fans as their head coach. It's great. So – let me say this before I move into this. I think we should take at least 30 seconds every podcast to just completely trash Matt Patricia and the job that he did. So I will use that angle, Rabs, as to what you just said. You could use a bingo card to know what Matt Patricia was going to say in his postgame pressers. None of it was ever interesting. It was always, we're going to look at a tape. We got to be better. We got to coach better. That's all it ever was, close to the chest. Works when your Bill Belichick doesn't work. Yeah, he was a real
0: ass, wasn't he? He What a
1: fucking idiot. And then now you got Dan Campbell and you never know what you're going to get. I think the other day he was talking about how we used to work at a chicken coop growing up and just a a, a bunch of stuff, dude, a bunch of crazy stuff. But anyways, I have a couple questions I want to run through with you guys just because they're going to nail some good talking points that we've heard in camp. Um, And and the first one is, who do you think is going to end up being the Lions number one receiver uh, for week one? Like who do you think gets the most targets week one from Jared Goff? And I I'm gonna I'm gonna exclude TJ Hogginson and DeAndre Swift. So I'm talking the re, the wide receiver room, who's your number one guy?
2: Uh Tyrell Williams.
1: Yeah, well, I, I guess first I should before you go, Collins, I should probably just throw the names out there. It's Tyrell Williams, Quint Cephas, Amonra St. Brown, and uh Brashad Perriman. So Collins, you think Williams, why?
2: Uh Before he got hurt, he was actually really nice that first year he had with Oakland. Like, he had a really nice year. Tyrell Williams, really good run blocker. I don't know. I think they'll use him well. I actually really like that signing at the time. If I'm Tyrell Williams, I don't know why I don't go to a team that's necessarily contending because I think he could have had a really big effect and maybe gotten a bigger deal after that. But maybe the Lions are the best offer for him coming off in it. I don't know. What do you have, an ACL? Yeah, something in his knee. So I like him and Perriman. Trent, I know you you definitely love that Perriman's dad played on the Lions, don't you?
1: I love that. I love that. But but more <laughs> I do love that. I'm glad you said that. But I also I love Amonres St. Brown. I don't want to go into all those hot takes. I just think by the end of the year, he's gonna be like one of the guys golf trusts the most, if not the most. Uh, excluding Hawkinson, so so Rams. What are your thoughts? Who, who's like your number one guy? Because it's no secret that this receiving room is like C plus
0: at best. But what do you think? First of all, is it? How do you say his name? I I always call him Amon Ra, like the tab the tablet of Amon Ra. I Night at the museum. I, <laughs> so I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, that's that's the guy. I think hit it sounds like from all the reports out of training camp that he's impressing a lot of people with his athleticism and Dan Campbell's very high on him as far as like what he brings to the table tangibly as a receiver. Um, I I can just see him like, first of all, it's one of the best names of all time. Yep. And like, I can just see him come the end of the year. Like he's, he's breaking off like 80 yard plays like in the slot catching a ball over the middle. And he's like gone for a 75 yard tie. D- I can just see it. I think Quintez Cephas, as far as targets go. And I know that was your question. I feel like Quintez Cephas probably might be one of the best, like, all- I'm not saying best in terms of like the league, but best in terms of your wide receiver room, probably like most versatile all around receiver. Cause Tyrell Williams to me, like is more of a bomber. In my opinion, I feel like he like just catches deep balls and that's like his thing. Um, so I would say, I think i think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be fantastic. I really do. I just, as far as like, I think his he's got a great mindset, I think I love, I love the way that he competed in college too. In the, in the little bit that you get to watch him play with how much Notre Dame football that you watch, he did go to Notre Dame, correct? USC. USC. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Equinemius St. Brown, his brother. <laughs> yeah. Good. Another great name. Good. So, dick, so clearly so sure they're brothers. brothers. Yeah, they are. They are. Oh, I just I just said that. So clearly, I've been watching the wrong St. Brown. So maybe he stinks. Who knows? But I, that's my guy. <laughs> on Ra, tablet of tab. The, I, I do. I should make a shirt. I should make a shirt. I should bring
2: a sign, the tablet of Amon Ross.
1: Well, do it Do it before Barstool does it because they're probably. I'm telling you, when Amon Ross St. Brown.
2: The Lions' fourth-strand wide receiver. I doubt they're making t-shirts. Though. No,
1: no. What I'm saying is, week five, when he has a three-touchdown performance
0: against yeah, the Bengals, I'm going to take him on my fantasy team. I he's like
2: fourth-strand on the depth chart right now. I would slow yeah. your roll. I guess, but I I guess think he's, a, he's a slot receiver, isn't he? Yeah, but he's like fourth on the depth chart, their first depth chart.
1: Whatever. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. Matter. I got, it's him. That's my pick. He's going to get a lot of run in preseason, too, as a rookie. I mean, all the rookies are. But Achman, Ra. now that we got that out of the way, I want to ask three buy or sell questions. This is something Collins and I did on green and white all the time, and I have missed it. So first one, buy or sell. The Lions have a top 10 offensive line. You're talking about Taylor Decker, Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson. And who am I missing? Who's the last guy? Oh, Big Crosby? V. Big V. Big V. So that, that's your <laughs> offensive line. Do you think is that... Do you think – yeah, I said Ragnall. Decker, Sewell, Ragnall, Jackson, and Vitai. Do you think that group, that core group of guys, has any chance of being a top 10 all-line?
2: I think it all comes down to Taylor Decker. He had a nice year last year, but I the year before, like, he wasn't great. And he's kind of been up and down in his career. The sentiment now is that he's just, like, really – like, he's just a solid guy. I don't really have that sentiment sentiment and i was actually listening to 97 one they actually i think it was on and anderson one of the callers made a decent point you draft like sewell to be your like cornerstone guy and you're immediately putting him at right tackle i found that really interesting and i'm surprised that they maybe didn't change taylor decker a guy maybe with less like god ability to right tackle but yeah i mean they could I I mean I don't have I don't know what my expectations are for Vitae, but Radnau's really good. I think Sewell's will be really good. I like historically those guys really usually kind of pan out like or they're just awful. So I, I don't know. I have faith in Sewell. And I, I mean, like I just said with Decker, he's not he's a solid player. I'm just saying, I think the sentiment has gone like too far in him being like awesome. I don't know. I think they could be a top ten. I think they're right on the border. I'm not in the camp where it's like, oh, this team's in the mall, people. I doubt that. I just I – don't, I don't see that happening.
0: Rabs, jump in here. I 100% buy it, 100%. Frank Ragnall is the best center in the National Football League. Um, Taylor Decker, that's a great point that Collins made. This, th- The success of this line, in my eyes, rests on Taylor Decker because you've seen the inconsistencies in his play of, like, he's a penalty machine, sometimes he just doesn't have his game, whatever. But I think that last year – he really turned the corner, and if he can keep up that consistent play, especially, obviously, I don't have to tell anyone that how important left tackle is, but if he can keep that up, uh, the, and you have Sewell at right tackle who, it, it, Collins, it's, it was, it's a good point that you said, like probably could be an all-pro left tackle, but what a luxury to have of having two guys on to, to anchor your your offensive line like that. So, And I think Jonah Jackson has an unbelievable makeup to be a, a incredibly good incredibly uh effective guard for this team and that i know they had the one kid from kentucky that i i'm sure probably won't get a ton of run they have crosby too who i actually like his play when he comes in in spots uh, my question mark is is big v like that's a that's a quinn guy that came over for stupid obnoxious money who didn't it didn't earn a thing and i know he was hurt coming in he was hurt last year so you know for me the 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 leash is short, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't they try to play him at right tackle last year? Dude, I don't, by, I by don't nature. fucking
1: – I don't remember, and I also – I feel like that yeah. was
0: the case. He was he was one or the other. He was either a guard, and they tried to move him to tackle, or he was a tackle, and I tried I, to move They the tried guard. to put him
2: at right tackle. You're right, Ravs.
0: Yeah, so, like, now he's going to get to play right guard. It, it, that was the whole thing with fucking Ragnow, too, was, like, he's a fucking center, and Glasnow was really not. Like, wasn't he? Wasn't Glasnow, like, primarily more of a guard in college? So they, they
2: moved him to center? It was one of the things they
1: ever did. Yeah, well,
0: they, they, they ridiculous. He's the best center in the fucking league. Rag now. They
2: How fizzled.
1: Like, they fizzled in Rag or what's his face Glasgow into center after Travis Swanson left, and then it was like then they just drafted Rag Yeah, you're, you're you're right. I don't know yeah, why. So I'm like that promise.
0: that was like such that was such an obnoxious move to me too. So like big V to me, it's the same thing. The guy's not a right tackle. He's not. Yeah, He's, he's got I, bad feet. His feet are fucking injured and you have him trying to pass block guys like fucking Khalil Mack. The guys that play up with Khalil Mack and JJ Watt. So that's obnoxious. So let the guy play his real position and maybe he'll earn his paycheck. But even like you said, Collins, if Taylor Decker, I don't mind it. Taylor Decker earned the right to play left tackle for this team last year. He did. So yep. to bring in Penny Sewell and like, oh yeah, Taylor, you're going to the right side is, is I think it would be a complete mistake. So you know, again, now it's like you can't, or it's 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 a good problem to have having two guys that can play left tackle. Taylor Decker's on up the par. You switch him, see how see how it goes. So whatever, absolutely buy a top ten offensive line. Are You fucking kidding me? Come on,
1: great let's go. takes, great takes. I do too. I'm Come completely on, in man. lockstep Sorry with you guys.
0: <laughs> You're good.
1: I think I I actually think that the offensive line is going to be the best unit on this team. I don't really think that's a hot take, but because no questions that, uh, asked. DeAndre, Deandre Swift's going to absolutely roll Jamal Williams is also one of the most entertaining players in the entire NFL. I don't know if you guys have heard any of his like pressers and stuff. He, yeah, he, heard him. he calls He's Mike little... O'Hara, silver Fox. I love it. He, he, he just runs it. He, he says he doesn't want, they asked him what his reaction was to the Kate Cunningham pick. And he said, who? He doesn't, he doesn't, he is hilarious. So anyways, um, I, I, we'll, we'll roll into the next question, but for what it's worth, I completely agree with you guys. Top 10 all line. People forget that like Penny Sewell, I don't think the,
0: I don't think the,
1: I don't think the lions expected him to be there at five so they got him. and now you've got yeah we list the guys it's Decker Sewell There's Ragnall Jackson Vitae you got Stenberg and Crosby as your two rolling guys because obviously Big V ain't gonna be healthy for the entire season he's gonna miss at least three or four games whatever next question buy or sell the Lions have over well okay this is an over under question I guess All over right. under one and a half pro bowlers we talked about this a couple months ago but I think that's a great number for that for that and it's funny because when you think about this team, this Lions team is probably going to win, like, at most seven games, six games. So to have two Pro Bowlers and to, to hit the over, that'd be a lot. But, but Collins, do you think they're going to have one and a half Pro Bowlers over under?
2: Over because I think Hopkinson will make the Pro Bowl, and I think someone on the offensive line will probably make the Pro Bowl, either Radnauer, or Decker, or, or Sewell. So, yeah. All right, Rabs, what do you think? Way over,
0: way over. If that's if that's an actual line on like, way over. Book, it's not. I'm just I'm dude, just setting it. the over.
2: Who is the number, Rams? Way what over. Do you, who, do you, who do you think is going to the Pro Bowl? Here's who's going
0: sea. to the Pro Bowl. Ready? Hawkinson and Ragnow are locks for the Pro Bowl if they yeah, play fine, half Ravs. the fine. season. Fine. Who else? Locks. There's your two. Taylor Decker, Penny Sewell is going to win do Rookie do you, of the Year, and he's going to. I'm just kidding. Dude, oh. dude, you can you say that like they're locks.
2: Well, well, I I, I will I agree think that I think, I think I think two is a lock. I agree. Two is a lock. With okay. You're two. acting like this team's talent enriched. Two, seven two is a lock. Two is going. a lock.
0: I just gave you my two locks. I would say guys that are are can definitely do it. Taylor Decker, I could see him in the Pro Bowl.
2: Fine. Swift.
0: Panay Sewell, Sewell could be a could be a stretch, and that was my other guy. I was gonna say is DeAndre Swift. I think if he if the way that I can envision him being utilized in this of they're not only going to actually try to pound the rock with them, but you've seen what he can do in open space and they dump those little screen passes off to him. I think he can have a, a, a great year and being sneak in like at the back end of being all pro. I really do. All right. Well,
1: I agree. I, my sneaky, and this is, this is obviously going to be a hot take. There's two guys on the defense that I think, like actually could make it to the Pro Bowl if they if if everything goes right, and that's Jeff Okuda and Tracy ah, Walker. Tracy man. Walker could do it. Man. Tracy Walker could have like nine picks losing this me. year and just You're make it me. Okay. Wild we'll case. have to talk about Okuda another time, but everything I'm reading right now is that Jeff Okuda's taking a huge step and he's gonna be just fine. And switched his number to 23, just like Slay did after his rookie year. So he's 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 a, he's a lock for for at least like he's gonna be a bona fide number one corner. Last question on the buy or sell. Hawk, Hawkinson leads the team in touchdowns. What do you think? Big Hawk, yes, no. So. Yes. Well, no. Swift. Swift. So, so you guys think? Sw- well, okay. Receiving touchdowns. Sorry, yes. receiving. Yeah. Re- yes. So you Buyer. still think Swift or Hawk? I...
0: Buy. Receiving touchdowns. Receiving Can't touchdowns. Buy. Oh, big he'll big have big more than Swift. He'll have more than Swift. Hawk. Big All Hawk. Right. I would take him, dude. I'm. He's. Honest to God, not even being a lion slappy, I would tell you like you're looking at why you're looking at tight ends to draft in your, uh, in your fantasy league. It's Kelsey Kittle Hawkinson, like
2: no questions asked at all. I mean, that's as okay. It's Kelsey Kittle, 50 feet of crap. And then Hawkinson. I mean, there are, well,
0: I would say it's, I would say that it's, those two other guys, I would say it's Kelsey, Kelsey really like two inches reps. of crap. I would say Kelsey, two inches of crap. Kittle, three feet I, of crap. Hawkinson, ten feet of crap. Zach Ertz, if he's still even in the league.
1: Yeah, he's still around. Here's what Hawkinson yeah, has so going out. for him.
2: Remember when Hawkinson was, was good? I'm just saying, Rams. So Those guys are like not human beings. Like they're oh. that's how good they are.
1: The thing know. about Hawkinson is he literally is just like by far the best skill player on this team. There's not anyone even close. So it's like he's definitely going to yeah, get I, the most. I, I like Swift too, but it's just like as long as it, long
0: as it doesn't drop balls, I will love him.
1: Well, if we're not, if we're just going on what we've seen, not like we're not factoring them potential or like what we think could happen this year with Swift. Cause that's what a lot of it is. Like he was good last year. Let's not forget. He also like dropped a game winning touchdown.
0: Like, Oh, we, we don't forget. We know well, I, I I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. Like Hawkins. ruin the whole season. Patricia would on. still be here if he catches that by the way, though. So probably a good thing that didn't happen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. De'Andre.
1: Thank you for your service. All right. Last little thing here on the lions. Then we can move on unless you guys have anything to talk about. I want, I no, want nothing. to get one rumor from camp that you guys love or like, or love, whatever. And mine, I guess I, I can start would be that Julian O'Quara was giving Sewell fits because I will tell you right now, I think that says more about Julian O'Quara than it does about Penny Sewell. And I just get fired up because I love the Julian last Love last
2: year. I, I
1: just loved that I love pick them last dude. year, dude. That, I pick, love them. that was my, that was my, last year. yes, but let me, that was, he's my baby because the night before, that second and third round, I told you guys that's who I wanted in round three. And the Lions finally did something that I predicted. Finally, uh, after after years of, you know, predicting wins and losses and getting it all wrong and whatever, I just like Julian O'Quara. I like my, I like his brother more, of course. Like, I, Romeo's a lot better. But I just I, – for Julian O'Quara to step in here and, you know, to your point, Collins, he really only played, like, I, I don't know, probably three or four games last year. For him to basically step in – and give this generational talent at offensive tackle in Penn Sewell some fits in camp, and, and give him some issues. I think he's got potential to, to to start on this team and like actually wreak some havoc alongside his brother. And how fun would that be to watch? So that that's that's mine. Do you guys have any rumors in camp that you love?
0: No, I just I don't. Know. I, don't, I, don't know. Even know, like, I don't even know. I I'm not even that dialed into the the rumors. Well, there's, I mean, there's uh, to,
1: kind of a dumb question because there's
0: not Give really that many going Give on. Give me a but, rumor out me a Well, like I'll it.
1: tell you right now the, the kicking situation's bad. And that's what they oh. think. Oh, is that,
2: you know what? Rumor I like. Zane Gonzalez might be on the Lions. Zane Gonzalez is a Ryan Collins guy. He's a Purple Shark. And thank you, Zane Gonzalez or service on the Purple Sharks the last two years. He's a Purple Shark for life. <laughs> he is a PS for life.
0: Well, we what? do you have the best punter in the league. What is So you're saying just the kicker kicker?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kicker. yeah. The, the, as far as the kickers go, it is an absolute shit show. They said it's 2014 vibes where it was like Alex Henry and Nate freeze. And then finally you just somehow find a diamond yeah. in the rough and Matt that Prater. So bad. It was terrible. And that they're saying that's what it's like right now. These guys are terrible in camp and no one's even trying to block their fucking kicks. So we'll see what happens. I, I had Randy Bullock on my fantasy team last year. So obviously I followed him a little bit. Aunt I thought Randy. he was pretty good. He ended up being like the third or fourth best fantasy kicker last season. Obviously, that's because the Bengals do nothing but settle for field goals. But I don't know, maybe a little scary there because I think dude. we all we all were we all were ready to kiss Matt Prater goodbye. But yes. I, I will tell you, I think we did take him a little bit for granted. Now that we're going to be dealing with another like guy, yeah, we got I okay. uh,
2: You guys wanted Prater gone. I don't, don't lump me in with that, dude.
1: I didn't want him gone. I just didn't want to like. Pay overpay to keep him. Like I mean, the, he was he was so he's he old. He, he's old
2: and I don't know. Old and I, fat. I remember, there was a lot of there was a lot of Matt Prater slander out of Ravs last year.
1: Yeah, there was. Well, he, was he noticeably he noticeably dropped off. He was still yeah, he above did. average, but he just wasn't. He,
2: was, he missed like, two field goals, and Ravs was like, "Get this guy out of town." I was like, uh, "Okay, what?" <laughs> I just don't.
0: I, I want a guy that takes care of his body. I don't care if he's a kicker. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell okay. you, being, we move
2: being, on. Being a yeah, kicker. We can move on. It, dude, they're,
0: they're, you cannot win for losing as a kicker, man. Holy shit. All right. Is that it for Lions? Yeah, that's it. One pride. Okay, one pride. Uh, we will wrap the show up here with the Tigers. These guys, second place in the AL Central. That was Who two today. And I know cool to
2: cool Detroit
0: Because they obviously will not be catching the Chicago White Sox unless something catastrophic happens. But you got to tip your cap because these guys have been awesome. They're fun to watch. They're, they're like, I I don't want to say that they're must see TV, but this is like, we talk about in this city. They are in Detroit. They are. Yeah. I mean, we talk about baseball obviously it's one of those sports where, you know, it's, it's easy to like miss a couple tigers games in a row, but just, just from the, from the team's performance, man. And I, I know the schedule has been relatively favorable, um, I think this is they this sweep against the Orioles just now is like their ninth series sweep of the season they they've this is the closest they've been to 500 as my uncle Steven said last night on the phone since his bar mitzvah. they are 57 and 60 and I know that the schedule's gonna get tough here and they, they're they're dealing with some injuries and, and it sucks I mean hill and Badu run into each other like a like a car accident those two guys are done for a while but it just seems like It it almost doesn't matter like what the lineup is. They can compete. Like I, I really can't, I I really can't tell you the last time, maybe, maybe I would say like the six to one Indians game, like uh, last Friday, but I can't tell you the last time where I watched this team and was like, they're like, don't even have a chance. Like I would say like before the all-star break is the last time we're like these guys are unwatchable. And, and I think it was Collins. You said, you know, that uh, in the group chat of like, when, like who expected to see meaningful innings out of Kyle Funkhauser at this point in the year, like he's been good. Cisnero has been good. Soto makes you sweat, but at least he gets out of it. Fulmer's fucking awesome. I mean, if you have Boyd and Turnbull, they're a 500 plus 500 team. They are. So they've been just fun to watch. Obviously, the big storyline is now Miggy has hit 499 home runs. The Tigers will we'll see the Cleveland Guardians come into town. Not a big enough story, by the way. What, the Guardians?
2: No, the fact that Miggy is going to hit 500 home runs with the Tigers. It should be like the biggest story in Detroit, and it's just not.
0: Well, I I think that everyone's definitely aware of it. I I would like to see what the attendance numbers are tomorrow being Friday when the Indians come. I said Indians, God, I words, guardians. When they come to town, um, I will be trying to go to the, especially if he doesn't hit it over the weekend, I will probably be at the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Fuck, I might even go this weekend. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? I don't know.
1: Yeah, must be nice to live. Must be nice to live fucking a half hour away from the stadium.
0: I'm so jealous of you guys. I'm stressed out, dude. I really, I, I, I need to be in the building when he hits that home run. I want to catch it, probably a thirty thousand dollar ball. Thanks for coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, I really can't ask for much else for for a team that still is tr- kind of trying to find their identity. Um, and, and you've seen certain guys step up, and you're comfortable with certain guys in certain spots. Now, Jonathan Scope comes back for a two year extension. I have mixed emotions. I mean, I just don't again. Whoa.
2: I, I, you have mixed emotions? Yeah. How?
0: I love it. He's been great.
2: It's a fantastic signing. They got him for nothing. I want to see Cody Clemens bad. Cody Clemens sucks, dude. I'll tell you that. He's not you watch good. Him? Yes, <laughs> you I do yeah, watch I know him. he's not hitting. I know he's not hitting at all, but. He's a, uh, Jonathan Stolpe. That's a good signing. Really good. Signing. If, he,
0: if he can play, if he can continue this production and he doesn't do the shit that he was doing at the beginning of the year, then sure, I can't stand to watch him at first base, guys. He's so bad at first. We stink defensively. Like, I play yeah, on the well, team. It's not his We're, fault. They're terrible. Have,
2: like, no one to play first.
0: They're just, terrible defensively. Okay. Miggy should play first every day. I swear to God. He's he, my, my uncles always say he's he like plays better. He hits better when he's in the field. Like, he's just he more engaged. I love it. I know, I know he's banged up, but, um, but yeah, Tigers baseball. I, I uh,
2: What is your, do you not like scope grabs? What was that? No, I, I don't,
0: I don't, I don't, I don't dislike, I don't dislike scope. I just think again, it, it's the problem that I have with this team. I have said it. Oh, maybe this is
2: like a good, he's a good player.
0: I know, I know I'm fine. Yeah, I, can, I said, like I, I had, I said, Alexander. I had mixed feelings. I said, I had mixed feelings my point is in the problem that I have with this team is there's so many guys, it's like sensory overload with all these players on this team of like, where's Castro going to play in the field? Where's Harold going to play? Where's Harold Castro going to play in the field? Now we got to give Nico Goodrum his minutes. Cause he's sleeping with someone's wife. It's un. I can't Nico Goodrum. I just can't I hate to
2: say, more. but Nico Dr.'s is their best defensive shortstop, so that's why. Oh called. stop! Well, I mean, no, he, he, was, he like, is. The Gold grabs, Dubs grabs.
0: Who's who's better? Back short. I mean, he sucks. Yeah, no, he's short.
2: not he like hit a wiffle ball. So I so.
0: know he was over for twenty three. They sent him down. What do you want him to do? He's going back. He's down. Also back
2: on the team, but uh, he's back up. Yeah, because uh, the
0: Badoo Everyone's thing. hurt. I know. They're
2: trying to play him in the outfield. It's actually one of the most bizarre. Oh, things.
0: I'm so sick of the fucking outfield shit. I'm so sick of the outfield.
2: We We're have outfielders. There There's
0: outfielders. Where's Daz? He got turf toe still? Where is he? He started his rehab in Toledo this week. But, Golly, man. That's Daz big, will be so-
1: fine. Daz will be f- Next know, year is Daz. I know. what I'm saying
0: Back to my point. Back to my point of like, I, I have this conversation all the time. Like Alavila is so slap happy with just signing all these guys to fill in these roles. The Mazzara signing was embarrassing. The Ramos signing was embarrassing. Victor Reyes, Collins, you said it before the show. You like can't get him out in Triple A, and he's as of late since he's come back up, he's playing really good baseball. It's timely hitting. He is. He is a, a home run fine. Today. He is a fine defender. I love Victor Reyes. It's just like, it's just this revolving carousel. And I guess, you know what? Maybe I should stop being so fucking archaic about this guy has to play this position every single day that you can't move guys around. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I have to stop being so archaic about it. But at a certain point, it's like, can I see Isak Paredes?
2: Can he not play second? I need to see him. I want to see him play. You've seen him. He got hurt. None of these young guys can stay healthy. I dude, the thing Well, when you bring well what that's that's like my angle of where I'm like I have mixed emotions about scope
0: because I just don't like you're you're like are you gonna really throw Willie Castro away? He can't
2: play short, none of these guys can I don't fucking care. play short. I don't it doesn't matter because Jonathan Storp's the best player on this team, and you're getting him at a really good deal, and he's not that old, and they didn't spend a ton of money. I i I don't know. I like They're not at the point anymore where it's like, let's just see what this guy can do. They're at the point, let's say, hey, we're done with this. Let's go fucking win. Like, let's actually win. And Jonathan Stoke helps you win. He's the best bat in their lineup right now. His numbers since, I think, May are, like, out of control. I do not disagree. And I think he's actually a very good defensive second baseman. He stinks at first. No, I don't disagree with that. But they have no one else to put at first. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it was it was a really nice signing and it was I think it would have been really disappointing if they didn't they let him go. I really well, you, think you knew he was coming back once they didn't trade him. No, I, I mean, yeah. But it was a year or know. two. I, I, mean, I mean, sure you never does. know, Rabs. That's fair. I don't know. I think it was I, I think it's a positive sign for things that maybe come this offseason with the Tigers being able to spend some money. Can
0: Fulmer get a spot start, by the way? No,
2: Rabs. I, 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 we might need to end the podcast right now. Yeah. Really? No.
1: No. Why would? Why, why would they do why? that? He's, he's if, it even, if they don't fix it, he's fine in the bullpen.
0: He's great. God, he should be a starter, dude. I mean, why? Norris. Because he I was before he had two fucking Tommy John surgeries. Is that why? <laughs> I want Norris back too. I didn't even get. I didn't even get a shirt. I didn't even have time to get a shirt, Norris. You had four years. I don't even want to be around anymore. Yeah, at years. Collins gets hey, the reference.
2: Let me,
1: yeah. let me, let me. What is it? SpongeBob? Lomby is that what it no, is?
0: Carl Havoc. Uh, oh, Carl
1: Havoc. Bumpy
2: states. <laughs> here's, here's my oh, thing I on the Tigers. Here's,
1: here's my thing on the Tigers, okay? This team, with – and we haven't talked
0: really since July, so I, I, hey, got, I got to I trying gotta bring I, this up. Trent, I hate to interrupt. I love the Tigers, guys. I love them. I love them so much. We oh, haven't yeah, talked about them in two weeks. I love them. No, sorry. I know. This is, this is what Go I'm ahead. saying.
2: We, we are now approaching. approaching- the spa starts. The has your best bullpen arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, I love we're
1: approaching mid-August here, okay? And we haven't talked since the end of July. I don't know if you heard, but the Tigers locked up a winning record in July that made it their third straight month with a winning record. If you didn't shit the bed in April, maybe you'd be... I don't know, two or three games back of the division right now instead of 11, and we would be fucking strapped – in for this pennant race, and it would be awesome. Now, now, granted, yes, two things, Rabs. Yes, the team is very, very, very hurt, particularly on the pitching staff. And then you look at the schedule coming up, and it's the Blue Jays, Angels, Cardinals, and A's. Three of those four teams have winning records. The Angels are one game below 500, and they've got Shohei Ohtani. So obviously, no days off there, and I'm not going to start to do the whole season wrap-up. But I have to (laughs) – you you have to say – that this season was a success. You could say that about last season. Oh, we got a lot of season left. Yeah, I know. I understand. But I'm what I'm saying, Rabs is the schedule gets tough here and the team is injury riddled. They're not making the playoffs, but they are watchable and they have definitively taken a step with no asterisks because last season was only 60 games. You were able to get experimental with things. And while plenty of players took steps up, like Willie Castro, they also regressed this year when things return to normal and there's no fans. So I just think that's important to note, but I have to say overall, so far, the season's been a a smashing, not smashing, but a a success. And I love the Jonathan Scope deal. We'll see how this team ends out the season, but I I just this first year under A.J. Hinch, I don't know how you can look me in the eyes and, and, and be anything but somewhat pleased. I know we all have our gripes with the bullpen because they do suck. You get up 14-0 on the Twins, and then all of a sudden it's 14-13 and you win. It, it, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying this team has been great to watch. We'll see what happens over the next four series. That's all. Those are it. those are my only takes on the Tigers. I don't know. And I, I love Miggy. I love you, Miggy. Please hit your five hundred tomorrow. Miggie Miggie my brother counties. will be in attendance. Rabs will be in attendance. I don't know. It's, I, I it's
2: bizarre. Miggy has like such a weird – For being like the best athlete in the last like 20 years, I would say for Detroit sports, he's like not treated like that. It's very bizarre. I don't know. And I can't put my finger on it because I don't like for a guy like Stafford, who's awesome. Like Stafford was like the most beloved, like Detroit, like he was polarizing for a little bit, but like people, there were like ride or die Stafford guys. You never really see like there's ride or die Miggy guys, but like Throughout the media, there isn't as large of a mass. I don't know. It's kind of weird to me, but whatever. We can move on.
0: No, I get what you're saying. I think a lot of it is – honestly, Collins, it comes down to number one. Not that the the Lions are – Hold up. Stephen
1: A. Smith, not to cut you off. Stephen A. Smith would tell you it's because he doesn't speak fluent English. But go ahead, Rabs.
0: No, but I honestly, Trent, like that's I th- like it's you know, Stafford is very, very involved in the community. Not and and he's, you know, you you hear him in press conferences all the time. And and people know like what a war like football's like innately a different sport too. You know, you see him go to battle, you see him take hits, whatever. But I get it, Collins, you're right. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that he is getting the money that he's getting, and people are bitter of like Oh, we're paying him all this money, and, and it's 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 blocking That's, out I, a lot I, of success. But I, I, I'm that ship for me
2: has fucking sailed, man. That yeah, I don't sailed. I don't get that. Everyone who's still, by the way, the fact that people I am in the boat where it's like, guess what? This guy was the best player in baseball for about three years. We des- he deserves the money he got? Like I hate yes. that. I always hate that. But um, no,
0: you're, you're right. But I, that, that I I think that as far as like the 500 and stuff goes, I, you know, Collins, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a a product of like, you know, I don't know what the outside perspective is on Miggy. I know everyone respects his game. Um, But, you know, I, I definitely think there's that feeling of like, come on guys, like, you know, 500, like, hello. But I think people are going to show out this weekend to see it. I do. I, I, I think people do. I, like miggy is like everyone's tiger because they've been so bad and not uh, there's really no one that's like solidified themselves as being like oh yeah I mean, maybe people are starting to get on like the candy train or like you know badoo which is kind of like you know recency bias but people love yeah. miggy either tigers are fucking so awesome candy's been awesome recently under
2: the radar because badoo was before he got hurt
0: yeah recently. and i mean hey you know i guess back to my original point of of and this is just the thing that i struggle with and you just i guess you have to trust you got to trust Al Avila and you got to trust A.J. Hinch, but it's like, oh, no, no,
1: no, I don't trust Avila. I trust Hinch.
0: OK, but there's there's only there's only so many innings to go around and you're going to see Riley Green come up at some point next year. Hopefully you see Torkelson at some point next year. And that's that's your answer at first base. As much as I got to fucking hear about how you going to play third. Like that's your answer at first or it should be. And you know, if Riley. Green, I, if like, I
2: see another day of him playing third base, I'm literally gonna like blow something. And it would it
0: would be team.
1: different. It would also be different if you didn't have Jamer Candelario there. Like he's your best Not player. The,
2: you have a guy. You have Jamer and you have esock who to play third. Yeah. And so like, okay. And we have no one who can play first. It right. Just, yeah. I don't know. It just pisses me off. Yeah.
0: But hey, I. I it's. As of now, as we sit here on this date, Trent, I know you were kind of getting ahead of yourself with it. The season's been a success. You can't ask for much more. That's what I will say. That's my, that's my piece. So with that being said, the Tigers are back home this weekend. Get out there and go go watch Miggy hit his 500th because you know he's going to do it while they're home. Um, we can wrap up Detroit stuff. Trent, do you have a trifecta? I know we've been going long, but
1: well, let's 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 cut trifecta this week. I do have oh, a couple yeah. fun questions that I'll hold for next week, but yeah, we've been going for like an hour Rob and a half.
2: I mad. Do you see Rob yeah. tweeted us every week? Brock? What? No, Rob, my buddy oh. Rob tweets every week. If the trifecta has gone next week, I'm unsubscribing.
0: All right, well, <laughs> run it then for Rob if he's gonna. No, bitch. just do
2: one. Just do one. We can do one. The okay. trifecta. My one
1: question, and I have to give a shout out to my buddy, Ethan. He recommended Ethan. this. He recommended this. He listens every week. I don't know about every week, but Rabs, you must have heard your complaint about how no one suggests things. And he Thank just te- you, he, he texted this to me. He said, Ethan in a car. What do you got? Ethan said that running, successfully running a fantasy football team should, should be able to go on a resume. If you're like going to be a, like a business owner or something like that.
2: Thoughts? I hate that because I suck at fantasy football.
1: Well, I do too, but I also don't try that hard. I guess what I'm saying is if you're extremely methodical, and it, it, it does, I guess it does kind of speak to the way that you are committed there to something. Is,
2: there and, is. And you're,
1: reading the, you're reading the latest news, and you're making moves that are successful. Like it it kind of it, – I see it. I see it.
2: There is a thing to fantasy football, guys. I wouldn't – like I play fantasy football. I've played it since I was like in fifth grade. I don't. I would not consider myself like a fantasy football guy. Like my roommate, like Mitch, is a fantasy. Fo- I don't. I, is a fantasy football guy. Like the guy who like knows what's going on in sp- like training camp, like week one. He said, like, "No, you know who's like really doing well in these sleeper like drafts that I'm doing." He's like, "Watch out for this Kansas City second string running back." Like, yeah, you gotta have like guys who are like dialed in from now to like the when they draft. And I'm just like not like that. So I get there is something to like the guy like on the waiver wire at two p.m. like two a.m. like making deals and stuff. I do think there's some sort of like talent to that, but at the same time, it's like, no, <laughs> I hate I I, I I don't know. Fantasy football is such I hate it because I suck at it. It's just well, like
1: very, I I agree. My my reason I suck is not because I don't mind. care. It's just the Makes the. the The reason I always do terrible is because I pick lion after lion after lion after lion, but I did just have my draft. I kept
0: it to full this year. Dude, what? I don't draft until you're, you. You get your guys are so Already? stupid for drafting this. Well, early. dude, listen, listen. Our league Tyree is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill goes is. out preseason game one. He steps on a shoe and snaps yeah. his ankle, and he's your first he first round pick. That's cool, guys. You're That's preaching the to the choir. Don't shoot sweet. the messenger
1: here. Sweet I, I we, we've got sixteen, 16 guys too. League, yeah, what yeah. a
0: sweet league.
1: I got Lamar and Jared Goff as my quarterbacks. Shout out! But anyways, no, no one cares. No one cares about fantasy either. Like like when people are like, "Oh, that I, I said no no what that like that's all they care. care." No no okay, I phrased that wrong, Collins. If I come to you and I start talking about, "Hey Collins, guess what? I sat this guy when I could have started oh, this no. guy," I, and
2: I, if fantasy football is. The only time fantasy football is acceptable to talk to anyone is if you're playing that person. Or yes, if that person that's true. You. you can't talk I, to someone outside your league. I think it was Big Cat had a tweet
1: about it one time. He's like, "Dude, no one cares about your fantasy team."
2: Well, he always they
0: always talk about it on part of my tape. So you guys I should see though. this. You guys should see this umpire in this Field of Dreams Dude, game right it's now. It's unbelievable. Well, I've got I it mean, on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kimbrell, Kimbrell almost walked to the to center field like trying to. Dude, did you see what? Uh,
2: did you see what? The, what's his name? Did Yeah, Copat just literally showed him up. It was great. It's Dude, this scene yeah. sucks. Yeah,
1: shout out to um, the Field of Dreams. Also, anyway. shout out Kelvin Johnson. Just, just we should oh, at least fuck. mention it. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's not right. like we gotta talk about it. He made the Hall of Fame a long time ago, but he gave a speech. He shouted out the Detroit fan base. So, love to owe him money?
0: money. Do they still yes. owe him money? Just, yes. I'll pay him. I, I, I'll pitch in.
1: Disagree. He so signed your, you signed your shit. name on a contract, dude. Play out your
0: contract. Sick of it. Different. Uh, rep. To, to answer your question about fantasy football, what's your buddy's name? Ethan. Ethan. Shout out. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate it, Ethan. But that, if you put, if you put anything about your fantasy football team on a job, I, I, just, I'll phrase, I'll phrase it like this. Please tell me the both of you know that you should never put your anything about your fantasy football team on your on a job application. Well, I think the the argument he was
1: trying to make, or just the idea he was trying Dude, to
0: it's a game. Try, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's like, like yeah, no, I'm, I'm, good guys, I'm good at Halo. I'm good at Halo. I can lead my Halo clan. We're sweet. I get, I get it. He's he's I
1: guess say I'm, I'm, he's saying that it should be like acceptable to do that. Not that it's like I, not it's that not. he's it not that be, he's actively not. doing that.
0: I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Just, just Ethan. Okay. Thanks for Never writing mind. in.
1: Thank you for writing in, Where's Ethan. We Ethan appreciate water. your
0: participation. Rabs begs for fan
1: you. questions and then
0: fans I mean, ask I questions I gave fucking hey, we, we We're to fucking lie. I appreciate the I appreciate the suggestion or the comment. Thank you. I just disagree. <laughs> I think it's a it's a it's a ridiculous stretch. But okay, Ethan, come back fair. come back with a ne- a new question next week. And we'll just do. You we'll, we can be on the show. We'll have a Ethan Ethan asks questions. Fair statements section. That's it.
1: Fair. Fair. All right. All last right. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is Calvin Johnson. I don't think anyone has any scorching hot takes no, or Calvin. Thank you me.
0: for your service. I wish you would have played a couple more years. Sorry. You were so bitter about this is what the lions are, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't turn my, I don't turn my Jersey in three years early because I sick of watching the team. I'm here every year. I do a <laughs> podcast Motown rundown. Speaking of the Motown Rundown, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show, just like Ethan does, at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Subscribe. Follow us. It's free. Just do it. Leave us a five-star rating. Anything less than five stars, we don't want it. Send me a private message. Tell us what I'm doing wrong and we'll fix it. Don't, don't put us on blast. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't throw you under the bus, out in the public eye by giving you a two-star rating. That's Bush League. See you next time.